0: Hey what's up y'all welcome back to On Your Mental this is the podcast that shares candid open and sometimes vulnerable conversations between and about men. I'm one of your co-hosts Ruben. I'm Kabir. In this week's conversation we're joined by a very incredible person Connor Emini. Uh, he's a world record holder and you're going to hear all about this soon but I want you to know what you're getting into. A uh, world record holder for the youngest person to have completed an Ironman on six continents. And there's got to be something in there with the mind that, that, mm-hmm. that gets you through this kind of thing. And so that's what we wanted to talk about and discuss and learn and hear from. And it was a great conversation. Uh, Cab's had some good questions in here too. And we think you're all going to enjoy this one. So we'll see you in a second when the episode starts. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Anyways, we'll, we'll jump right into it. We'll kind of get started here. Uh, for everybody listening and watching to this week's episode, we are joined by Connor Emony. And I'm pretty excited to have you here because you're a world record holder. First of all, it is a world record, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, so. That's not the only reason why I want you. Here. <laughs> pretty sick, man. Do you mind um, telling us a little bit about what this world record is so that our audience knows what you're history is in a way, or a big chunk of, I guess, where your life is
1: now, I would imagine. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. So, um, I recently became the youngest person in the world to do an Ironman on six continents. Crazy. Um, An Ironman, for people, I guess, who don't know, is uh, comprises of a 3.8-kilometer swim, 180-kilometer bike, and then 42-kilometer run. Um, it's kind of widely considered as like the hardest single hardest day sporting event on the planet. crazy. How long does an Iron Man
0: take like on average like like what what would be a good time in an iron man?
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> average time for like all across the board is mm. like just over thirteen hours. Holy shit, yeah, man. I mean, I can't even sleep that long, you know yeah. <laughs> so it's, a long, it's a long time to be moving, um, Wow. And I guess, yeah, my last one took me about 11 hours. So still a very long time. Uh, man, that's
0: insane. I didn't like clearly do the, the research of what an Ironman was. I wanted to just hear from you as to what it was. That's that's nuts. I don't think I've ever come anywhere close to any of those distances in any of those environments. You know what I mean? I well, heard what
2: I learned recently is uh, that they do the swim on purpose first, right?
1: yeah so yeah. people
0: don't drown. exactly right, <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's Otherwise, I you can drown yeah sure, yeah, you
1: know. doing it at the end, it's just like a safety element, but that makes sense, <laughs> depends where you do it, none of them feel very safe, you know, like <laughs> elbows <laughs> in the face, people going over Are they each still other that close, oh yeah, 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 wow. yeah, I've had my goggles just like ripped right off my face, oh, cracked <laughs> lenses because I got elbows in really? the, face. oh yeah,
0: God, man, and you're you're on your own out there, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> like i'd be so scared man that's crazy mm-hmm. and you've been like competing in Ironmans. then for how long and how long were you when you you hit that milestone which is just crazy it's it's very impressive it is very unique you know to have that kind of experience
1: yeah um the crazy thing is only only you know just over two years ago wow so my first iron man was march 7th 2020 wow and I thought, you know, it was a big bucket list thing. And I was like, going to quit my job, move to New Zealand, and do this thing because I was having a midlife crisis and midlife, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> quarter quarter life, quarter crisis. life crisis. Yeah, um, and. You know, it's 10 days later, I remember March 17th vividly because St. Paddy's Day in New Zealand, right? It was wicked time. And then you wake up the next day and then the whole country was locked down because of COVID. Oh, and true. And I was stuck there. It was like level four lockdown, first country in the world to like put up their walls. You can't go anywhere. You can't leave your house. And it was freaky. It gave me 60 days to think about what I wanted to do and use that time to, to look into this Iron Man thing and read about this girl from Australia who ran an ultra marathon on every continent. And then I was wondering like, I wonder if anyone's done this for Ironman Mm. and only a handful of people did. And there was a spark in that moment that I was like, maybe I could do that, you know, and went all in on it. But you were a big runner beforehand though. Um, yeah, yeah. I always enjoyed running, like did cross country growing up, but was never the fastest on, on the team, man. I just kept showing up and, um, Yeah, honestly, I I wouldn't say I'm a freak athlete. Like, I feel like I, you know, I I feel like I'm an ordinary person that did an extraordinary thing. And I think more people are capable of that.
0: I like that. I like Mm -hmm. that as a sentiment to kind of carry us through this, too. Because, like, I'm in my eyes, like, I could never see myself doing something like that. But maybe that is just like a huge mental barrier of like, like why not try? You know, like why not try to push yourself? I don't think I could do six Ironmans. Mm, and I, don't six you <laughs> I don't think could. I don't think I just couldn't, man. <laughs> but yeah, an ordinary person doing an extraordinary thing—that's cool. That's cool. What we also want to talk about today—I mean, we'll we'll get into the athleticism stuff and um, talk about what that's looked like in your life too. But uh, we do also talk a lot about mental health on this podcast. It's kind of like the the main gist and the main point uh, for us being here is that young men, like like all of us, we're not, not old yet. You know?
3: okay.
0: uh, young men tend to not talk about stuff and uh, be open with each other. So this is a good avenue to do that. Um, I guess we didn't really say yet, but we had met at a Movember event doing the uh, Whiskey Turtlenecks, the same thing that we met Tim at, who was on last week. Mm-hmm. And that's just a bunch of guys who I think have the right mentality around this kind of thing, which is that it's there's, there's value in in sharing and talking about what we go through. Uh so to maybe give us some context, some background, some history, what has your own story been like with mental health and yeah, just how that is weaved in and out of your life? Was there ever like a moment that made you think like, oh, I gotta really care about this. It's important.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I kind of heard about Movember like, you know, many people do growing up, mm-hmm. um, just through events and fundraisers in your community. And it was like Oh, it seems like a a good initiative, you know, didn't really pay too much attention to it. And then like, I think five years ago, um, you know, we, we we're, we were tasked for an assignment to like, look at a charity that meant something. And I was like, well, men's health sounds interesting. Mm. I think that's a relevant conversation to be had and I want to learn more about it. So it really just started as an idea. Mm. And then, Over the last five years, people around me were starting to, you know, deal with these mental health struggles from anxiety to, you know, suicide to heavy topics. And that's when, you know, I just kept showing up to these talks and wanted to see how I could be a supportive figure for other people around me. And yeah, as of late, it's impacted just a bit closer to home with somebody near and dear to me that's working through their own demons and and challenges. And, um, I think that, you know, through, through what I can do is educate myself, learn about it. And and I think everything, everybody goes through something and you can learn something from everybody. And for me, it's just like, how do I be a supportive figure in other people's lives? Hmm. And that's kind of my angle towards Mental health. Interesting. Yeah.
0: So you like from the onset of when you started caring about it, it was more of nice horn there. it. <laughs> uh, it was more of like, how can you be there for others? Yeah.
1: I think it's, I think that that's a characteristic I've, I've grown up with. You know, I had two older brothers and mm. or I have two older brothers and um we've always cared for each other. So mm. when things go wrong, you know, they were by my side in the schoolyard and if things go wrong for them now, like I want to be by their side when I can. Hmm. And I'm not saying that I haven't dealt with anything myself, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. me, like, especially these last two years, you know, working a job, quitting a job, living in 10 places in the last, you know, 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple of panic attacks. I had a couple of these moments of like, what the hell am I doing? You know, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing enough? Um, is this really a dream that's worth, you know, chasing? Mm. Um, and my outlet for dealing with it all has been through sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, there's something about triathlon in particular that, you know, it's a community thing, but it's very much individualized, you mm-hmm. know, swim, bike, run and, um, something that I, you know, coined or, or, or love about it too is the fourth discipline of, like mental toughness
0: right right
1: you've got those three
0: avenues but there's that fourth one yeah interesting i mean i guess yeah like i I was imagining that like maybe there were periods of i don't know if doubt would even be the right word but you kind of touched on it for a second there there were like moments where you thought am i going down the right path am i doing the right thing is this worth it how did you kind of navigate
1: those thoughts like how did, how did you deal with that because clearly you kept going you still are yeah. Right? Yeah. So somebody asked me a while back, like, what's one thing you went all in on? And, mm-hmm. you know, and then on my hat here, it says go all in. A friend of mine, you know, etched it into this hat and just a reminder for me. And even on my ring here, I've engraved all in. And it's just this concept of like holding yourself accountable to something, no matter the highs, the lows, but for an extended duration of time mm-hmm. and seeing what magic can happen. And to me, I found that this triathlon goal was an opportunity to go all in, Mm -hmm. um, at a huge level at a huge level un unbeknown of the outcome. I didn't know if I could do six continents. I didn't know (laughs) how I would do them, you know, like financially, emotionally, physically Mm -hmm. prior to that first Ironman, I haven't really done anything for that duration in my whole life. So Mm -hmm. it was definitely scary going to that starting line. And even when I was at the starting line, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready. And right. I think the lessons were like, you're never going to be ready. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. have to try, you have to jump in and go all in, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I was listening to something the other day.
0: This reminds me of that is, uh, even Muhammad Ali, when he was like about to step into the ring was nervous and would wonder like, like, can I do this? This guy ahead of me, they're strong as shit. They look big. They're scary. How am I going to do this? But then you get in there and you get into the motions of it and it kind of takes over. Did you feel that at all when you like, cause you obviously train like a long period of time to go into these. Does that reinforce your mentality while you're there? Yeah. hundred percent. I think like
1: visualization of anything, like especially these races was once, once I did one, I already knew I could do six, <laughs> you know, mentally <laughs> that was a big check mark for me towing the line, I knew if I could get to the, to the line, I could get through the race because I had that mental win. And I don't know, like, have you heard this concept of the cookie jars before? No, no, tell us. There's this concept of the cookie jars. And it's like, if you, if you're ever in a tough situation, you, you visually have this jar of cookies that everything you've gone through that was tough in your life is a cookie. And then when you're in a moment that's really tough, you dig into that jar and take a virtual bite of one of those cookies. Mm. So when I was in my second race and it was getting to, you know, hour 10 and I was like, I don't want to be here. I dug into that virtual cookie jar and was like, you know, you've done an Ironman before. Look how much you worked through to get here. Mm. You ran 100K. You've trained. You're ready. This is, like It's, it's mental. You're, you've, you've been here before. You're going to be here again. And like, you kind of callous the mind in that way. Just the callous right. it's almost like you're reaching in there
2: like you're it's like there's no real excuse like there's nothing stopping you you've mm-hmm. done it before hmm. so you can do it again right
1: yeah and it's like self-belief right it's like at the end of the day it's you versus you and mm. um i think human psyche and human nature puts all these barriers of you no know, like you're taught to do this. You you should do that. Look what your peers are doing. There's always all this like external evaluation and comparison. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, tapping in, internal of like what drives you, what motivates you, how do you tap into your creativity? Like what are the things that ignite your soul? And, and how can you do more of those things are just going to make you live a happier life, right?
0: Like where, where did you learn that from? First of all, the cookie jar bit. I read that out of
1: uh, David Goggins' book. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Sick. David
2: Goggins' is, stay
1: hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stay hard. And, you know, like, I think he's, he's an incredible guy, obviously, with some of the things he's done. But, you know, like, duct taping your, your ankles together and running a marathon isn't the message you want to be portraying to everybody. He did that? Yeah, he, like, broke his shins and <sighs> duct taped them. And-
3: yeah,
2: he would bind, bind his... his- His, uh, his hands behind his back and his, his feet together and he would throw himself in the, in like a pool or something and he'd swim to the other end and he he would, before that he would give a little speech (laughs) and be like, oh, I used to be shit scared of water. Yeah.
1: Right. It's like these crazy outlandish things. Yeah. But if you break it down, Mm -hmm. there's, there's big lessons in there and, and I think things that everyone can live by and it's this concept of like microdosing discomfort. Hmm. Hmm. You know, like, can you take a cold shower in the morning Mm -hmm. and start your day with something hard, sets the tone for the rest of the day? Right. Or um, there's this guy, Jesse Eitzer, and he talks about this Japanese proverb called misoji. And the, the concept is like, can you do something so difficult once a year that everything you do for the remainder of the year is just so mentally more achievable? Hmm. And he went and did like a hundred mile run and it was like the hardest thing he's ever done. And he hated every minute of that 36 hours it took him, but everything else, the rest of the year outside of physical pursuits became that much more, you know, possible. Hmm. It's interesting, like that kind of perspective
0: of like, you do this crazy physical feat and somehow that can make your mind go to things that aren't physical, just as you said there and think that they are easier like or easier than they would have been otherwise you know what i mean mm-hmm. do you feel that way at all about like what you do and that this might be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit but we'll get more into it but like doing these iron mans right iron men what you call it an, an, I iron man plural of iron mans right <laughs> yeah so, no, but it's
2: Ironmans. Exactly. iron mans no, exactly yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah there's no there's no bend ben in here <laughs> toronto man's <laughs> like, there you go same
0: same <laughs> yeah yeah um do you feel like having like gone through these do you f- ever experience that where it's
1: like other things in life seem easier 100 percent. Mm. i think so i think any challenge of you know i like i mean in, in some capacity in a sales oriented role in my current mm. job right so just like the fear of rejection has kind of diminished and it's like, Hmm. it's just part of the process. And like, I know I've gone and dealt with so much more that if somebody says no to me on the phone, that's not going to ruin my day, you know? And that's a small example, but other elements of my life of like staying up and working on a passion project into, into the night hours, because Mm -hmm. it's something that ignites my soul is like, I used to be like, nah, 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock, like I'm gonna shut it off, go to bed. But it's like, now I have this mental endurance to to carry on with, with things that I know make me happy mm-hmm. and I derive purpose from.
0: Interesting, yeah. Um, we'll get more into that later because yeah. I know that we, we were like planning like certain questions and stuff, mm-hmm. but um, we'll come back to that. But you've said it a couple of times now, something igniting your soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does
1: that come from? truthfully i i don't know yeah (laughs) and and i think that's the exciting thing truthfully you know to me i think i i've just found purpose through pursuit you know like i i just do things and every and it's like the way my brain works is like very challenge oriented i could tell (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty goal goal oriented right like Mm. you know this this month i'm uh I'm doing like a cold plunge every day. There's 28 days this month. I'm doing 28 days, 28 cold plunges with 28 people and trying to derive 28 insights. And I just like gamify my life that way. Hmm. And there's things that I do that I hate. Like last month I did Veganuary. <laughs> I ate vegan oh for January. And there's nothing, <laughs> there's
0: nothing against no, nothing vegan, you, right? No, no, no.
1: But I just- But if you didn't have to. <laughs> right? It's like, you don't have to do these things. But in life, you don't have to do anything. Microdosing discomfort. Exactly. If you can come back and do these things, whether it's for a day, a month, a week, a year, that are like challenging you, you start to build new thresholds. Hmm. And then back to your question of igniting your soul, the more things you try, instead of finding what you like, you really quickly find out what you don't like. Hmm. And I think it's by process of elimination you start to put the pieces together of what you do like.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We've had that come up like a couple times on other episodes.
0: The idea of like, try, try everything, like try whatever you want to try yeah. because you find out the stuff that works and doesn't work. Right. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um, it sounds like obviously fitness is a huge thing. Um, staying active is a huge thing for kind of maintaining and upkeeping your mental health. That also sounds like setting goals is major to you as well. Mm -hmm. What else, including those things, I guess, like feeds into your mental health and keeps you, keeps you sharp, keeps you in shape?
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's community, you know, seeking Mm -hmm. out like-minded people. And I really believe in your product of your environment. You Mm -hmm. know, the people you, you show up around is who you're going to be, who you're going to feed off of and. Um, It's so important. So, you know, lately I've found cold exposure. has been really great for, you know, my mental health and bringing people together. Because when you're in the cold water, you can't think about anything else other than survival, right? (laughs) And the presence. And our present. Present? Present. Present. Okay. (laughs) We'll go with that. (laughs) Sure. It's always a present. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's been a huge simple thing you know accessible to everybody whether it's mm-hmm. through a cold shower or walking into the ocean mm-hmm. you know that you can do in 30 seconds a minute two minutes you know each day i think you'll really notice benefits benefits
0: can i ask like when you first started doing cold plunge stuff or cold showers whatever yeah did you just jump straight into being in there for like two minutes or did you ease into it did you build up to that kind of level of tolerance because we've like we've heard this as a suggestion before, mm. right, of something you can do for your mental health because it does center you. It makes you focus on nothing else but being there, right? Um, Wim Hof talks about it. I'm sure you've heard of Wim Hof, Iceman. Um, and then our friend Joe came on and he talked about it. Our friend yeah. Jesse came on and they talked about it. And the benefits are clear. But I've still been too chicken shit to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I like I've thought about like, oh, maybe I'll run a cold shower this one. Nope. Yeah. Haven't done it. So how how did you start
1: doing it? Um, just one day, just just started with the cold shower, mm-hmm. and I hated it. I hated every second <laughs> of it. Cold from the start. Cold from the start. Oh god, never done that. <laughs> you just jump in. You
0: switch from hot to cold. Oh cold. yeah, I'll
2: finish. <laughs> I'll finish off like the last thirty seconds, like as cold as I can tolerate. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good way to, to tease into it, though. But <laughs> yeah. my mind was like, just start, jump in, deal with the discomfort. And I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I've been doing it for like a year now, or more, more or less. And I don't like it still. Still daily. um This month I'm doing daily. Just this month, yeah. Weekly for sure. Wow. But yeah, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I I don't like any second of it. I don't want to be in the cold water. Um, but. I know it's good for me and it really sets the tone for the rest of the day. No kidding. No kidding. So physical stuff, getting cold and community. Yeah. Um, You mentioned
0: community and uh, I know like before we came in here and started talking, you originally moved here in Vancouver from Toronto. Mm -hmm. And when you were doing these Ironmans over the last couple of years, you said that you've stayed in 10 different places. Yeah. 10 places in 18 months. 10 different places in 18 months. Um, How do you get a sense of community in that or what does community look like in, in that kind of environment? Pretty sporadic, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Um, to me, community is like, doesn't have to be in people, you know, Hmm. to me, it's like just a shared experience. And I, the first thing that I did was I found a local run club Mm. and I just started going to run club. Mm -hmm. Shout out to van run club. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, you know, it's just like over time just found I did volleyball on Tuesdays off like Jericho Beach. And I was like, maybe I'll join a a basketball intramurals, which I didn't like. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not very good at basketball. I feel like I got like (laughs) two left arms and two left legs. But yeah, man, I just like just keep showing up. You know, that's that's the exciting thing. You know, that's like before before tonight, I went to this random art show exhibit Hmm. and i knew i knew like this girl brief like vaguely um who's hosting this art exhibit and she just posted on on her on her story of like hey having this art exhibit and i was like i don't know a single person there but i'm gonna go support show up and just say hi and i met some really incredible people Hmm. and i think it's just like just keep showing up to new places and meet interesting people and there's like great power and serendipity, I think. Hmm. You know, you find the right person at the right time that opens your eyes to something that maybe has been around you but just not articulated in a way or presented in a way before. It hmm. sounds hard to do to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so like it's so outgoing. Like mm-hmm. you're it's it's that to me sounds like microdosing discomfort in a way, right? Like even through community, like you're putting yourself in new situations with new people and just accepting whatever the outcome of that is gonna be. I mean, even you coming here, you know what I mean? Like we barely talked at, I don't think we even like really talked at the event. We listened to you talk, Mm. right? but here you are. Which was pretty cool. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's it's fun, right? You know, Mm -hmm. feed off of energy. And one of the things that I I was thinking about my way over here was like, why do I like these? And Mm. what I like is doers people that do things and mm. you two are doing something you're doing something for yourself but for the community and like i feed off of that you know and that's the type of people that i want to be around so
0: it makes me feel good there you yes, go man. there you go i'm honored to be here this is well, great we're honored to have you man. for sure yeah uh, let me reset these cameras nice. i gotta pee
1: hot <laughs> <laughs> break hot <I'll> break <laughs>
0: I'll ask you that thing about Iron Man while well, you were in there taking the world's longest pee for class. <laughs> <laughs> energy uh, drink one you. Yeah, there's a world record for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Um yeah, we wanted to touch on like why you started doing triathlons then. Triathlons and uh and Ironman's.
1: Yeah. So it was um in second year first year, first year university. I was like, I grew up playing hockey competitive, um, had some bad concussions, decided not to pursue hockey anymore. And then first year I was like, what, what teams am I going to try out for? What, what am I going to try for fun? And then two of my high school friends and I, who all went to same university were like, let's try out for the triathlon club. And it was hilarious. Cause like one of the guys couldn't swim so he didn't make it past the swim test (laughs) he was like doggy paddling in the swim stretch. i was like oh man poor guy um and it was only like 15 minutes swim which which is a long time if you have to be in the water yeah but but uh, and then the bike happens and my other buddy's bike tire popped Uh so he didn't make it past the bike because of the bike tire because of the bike come on (laughs) 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 i was like oh but I, i i ended up continuing through and, and did the run and like, was like, wow, I really enjoyed that. And there's some cool people there that I was chatting with. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I did well enough to like, you know, make the the club team or whatever it was. And it's like, I'll give it a try. It was pretty low commitment. And long story short, there was a guy there. Um, we started doing all these races, but they were short circuit, 15 minute swim, 15 minute bike, 15 minute run, all mm. timed. There was a guy there and by the name of Ben Rudson who I would compete head to head with, you know, beat him in a couple of races. He's rival. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he went off and, you know, went to Ironman world championships in Kona and came 14th in the world for our age group. Wow. And I was just like, back to this ordinary person doing an extraordinary thing. I was so taken aback of like, I, I beat this guy in races. Like, how did he do that? <laughs> yeah. And it blew my mind. And I remember I was like, 2015 and i sent him a text message or a, a message on messenger and i was like by 2020 i'm gonna do an iron man and in 2020 i did my iron that's man, sick. and i responded back to him i said thanks for the inspiration
0: that's awesome that's awesome
1: but it just takes one person to show you what you're what's what's out there yeah yeah and, and that if they could do it then you can do it right you know? and it was just like i and i had the same shaking fear that there's no way i could do that you know mm-hmm. i was like this guy must be made of something different, and then you just you start thinking about it more, you get ex- more exposure and mm-hmm. anyways that's that's the story of how it. sounds I got like into a cookie it.
0: jar, yeah, you yeah. beat him before you yeah. could do it again, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's funny because
2: yeah. we we try not to compare ourselves mm-hmm. but in some some of these situations it's good for us, yeah you know, it comes out as mm-hmm. a as a good result,
1: yeah and it, and it, something I heard a long time ago is like. Jealousy is actually a sign of or a clue of where you want to be. Mm. So if you're jealous of somebody for something they're doing, you know that always seems like a negative thing. But really, if you think about it, they have something that you don't have Mm. that you want, and it's a clue to work towards and get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And if you take out the the person to person aspect of jealousy, right? If you if you isolate it to being like. I want to be able to do that thing. Mm-hmm. or I want to be able to have that thing, whatever it's going to be. Then it's not like a negative feeling towards that person. It's motivation. Exactly. Right. It's something that's then fueling you to, to get to that point. Yeah. And that's cool.
2: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, Cause it's like without those, without someone there to compare to in this, in this sort of situation, then you, you don't see yourself getting to that goal. It's almost like mm-hmm. it's showing you the stairs to that mm-hmm. goal. Cause mm-hmm. without it, Without that
0: person, you might not even look look that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. This person that you've been side by side with, this rival you've had, yeah, they go off and do the Iron Man. If they hadn't gone off to do the Iron Man, maybe you wouldn't make that pivot. Who knows? Exactly. Who knows? Um, but uh, what we'll do, we'll will kind of drill into a bit more of the mental side of things. Yeah. That's the stuff that I want to I want to ask questions about. Cool. Very curious. Um, let's start with uh, with race day, right? So you talked about your first race, feeling very. Like nervous coming into the race, um, and having some some questions for yourself at that time. Walk us through what it feels like. What is your mindset on race day now, and maybe reflecting back on then too, because you've done more than one Ironman now. Yeah. Right? Has yeah. it gotten
1: better and better? Yeah, I think there was a progression for sure. Um, but first, first race, it honestly feels like yesterday. It was something that I looked and work towards for six months so I left my job in Canada moved to New Zealand gave myself six months to train for the race um, and when I towed the start line I was like as I was shaking I was like oh man i like I don't know am I ready for this like is this something that that I can do and then you know you you, you hear the the cannon go off mm-hmm. and there's you know, 2000 people running into the ocean. There's that
0: many people in the race. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm sure the adrenaline's going too at that point. Right? right. And it was, it was funny. I just like, remember this one lady so vividly, it was kind of like, remember in high school where you'd write a test and you're in the hallway before your class and people are like, what'd you do for this test? What'd you do for this or answer? And I'm just like, man, like I got to think about my own test. So like, yeah. Like, yeah, right. But she was like, Anyone have any salt tabs? Anyone have any? Of this? I was like, oh no! Like, and then I start questioning. I'm yeah, like, yeah. do I do I have my blocks? Do I have my gels? Like, yeah. do I have my shoes? Like, just like you gotta you gotta learn how to tune everybody out, right? Hmm. And um, yeah. So to answer your question, feelings like I was scared. I didn't know if I could do it. I thought I could do it and i was uh-huh. like there's only one way to try or one way to figure this out and it's to try it and i knew it was gonna hurt i knew it was gonna suck but i knew it was something that i was like it's one and done you're never gonna do it again <laughs> and sure enough did it again but the swim was actually okay i was mm-hmm. most worried for the swim because i didn't grow up swimming like i mentioned mm-hmm. you know i youtubed how to swim <laughs> like i took swimming lessons when i was five but like i youtube how to swim for technique for long distance you know mm-hmm. almost four kilometer swim you're out there for an hour it's like technique really helps i keep and- hearing
0: these times these distances and i just my head just goes fuck like there's no way mm-hmm. sorry go ahead
1: no no you're good man it's like i uh yeah i i think like the swim although it was, i think maybe it was the adrenaline that got me through but mm-hmm. it went by so fast You Mm -hmm. just got into a groove. You're like, it was beautiful location. You know, I was like so present. So with it, the first little bit was pretty rough. Like people were swimming over me and then kind of, you like spread out, you get your own like kind of space to, to swim. And then transition one came to, to the bike and I was like, okay, I got this, you know, I'm feeling all right. Like I didn't overdo it in the swim. I feel like, okay. And then I get on the bike, I start going and going. And it was like three hours gone by. I'm like, oh shit, I'm tired now. <laughs> like, um, I've I've got a hundred k in. I've got eighty k to go still, on, and then a marathon. And it was like all these things started going through my head. And I don't know if this is a, a kosher story about telling. Means you can cut it if you want, <laughs> but. Um, so somebody was telling me before I was like what, what are some tips right and they are like make sure you pee on the bike and after certain, how, awesome. how much you're drinking right I was like okay I'll yeah. pee on the bike <laughs> and so it's like I just couldn't pee on the bike for some reason so I was holding and holding stage and holding right. yeah <laughs> exactly right? there's a feeling stage right. Yeah. and then at 150k there's like 30k left I was like I can't hold this any longer so I started like it would have been a world record pee like years right. earlier <laughs> And it just trickled down my leg and filled up my right shoe. And For the last hour on the bike, it was just a puddle of pee, and I was like, "This was the worst." And I was like, chafing, and I was just, I do not want to be here anymore. I couldn't wait to just get off. This? Right? Oh man! Yeah. So that was that wasn't pleasant. Um, <laughs> And then, and then the run, like by the time you're done the bike or near the end of the bike, mm. you actually, your mind switches and it's like, I can't wait to start running. Cause you're like, mm. I just want to get off this bike. But then you sure enough, you step off and your legs are like jello and you practically fall cause your legs are so tired. And these are just feelings I'd never really experienced before. Like I did shorter distances mm-hmm. to work up towards it. But, um, yeah, man, in the run, um, started started kind of zoning in and out i was just like lightheaded um and i don't know i I was like just keep running as (laughs) much as you can you know just don't stop you're gonna get there and um i missed my goal time but that was okay you know as i was like i completed it Mm -hmm. and you know he he has the pa on there he's like connor you are an iron man and it was like this is a pretty special moment. Um, and then, you know, you just learn and iterate on, on the next ones, but
0: Man, that's really, really cool. <laughs> so, uh, carrying into the, the next ones and like maybe thinking back on your most recent one, then, um, like that, that need to be present mm. and block out the noise. Is that something you've gotten better with over time? I imagine you at that start line and the woman's yelling for the salt tabs. Like, do you even hear that anymore? (laughs) Are you yelling for the salt (laughs) tabs? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I mentioned, like the first Ironman, it was really a bucket list thing. It was like, just want to do one and, and never do one again. Like I never thought about that. And then, you know, once the pandemic happened, I had those days and I, and I read about the girl doing the ultra marathons and it clicked. It was like, this is what you need to do. And I was like, why? And it wasn't about the physical pursuit. It was about the life experience I would get from it, who mm-hmm. I would meet along the way, the lessons I would learn, the places I would get to visit and the stories I'd be able to share that really were like at the forefront of why I wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I just like, to me, it was like, if I can do this, then anything is possible and hopefully you know some other kids see that and they can believe that they can do something that drives them mm-hmm. and instead of telling everybody i just wanted to put my head down and do it mm-hmm. you know and that's really what drove me and um it's what continues to drive me towards you know this next goal of antarctica
0: oh no way really, <laughs> really? <laughs> Like not an Ironman in Antarctica. You can't do that.
1: Yeah. Whoa. that a thing? Fuck? It's not a race. It's not a sanctioned race. But yeah. Um. I'll be. The, I want to be the first person to do an Ironman on seven continents. That would be oh, wild. wild. Yeah. So I'm planning, um, working towards it, and gonna make it happen. I don't know You how are. Yet. You are know. gonna make I it happen, know. man. All the logistics. Same. Same feelings, but. Um. Yeah, that's that's what I wake How up. How do you
0: even train for that?
1: Yeah, I wish <laughs> like, I, could, like, I wish I could show so you. cold videos. But every weekend, man, I'm I'm in the glaciers in the mountains, like swimming. Wow. And it's like I'm I'm seeking out people that have done things like this before, mm-hmm. and calling experts, calling people that I've started working with a breath coach. Mm. Um, I've started working and going to these things called sound baths, which I think everyone should experience. And especially on the topic of mental health, like every Tuesday I go to this thing called a sound bath, which is pretty much like you're in this big room and there's a lady in the middle with these Tibetan bowls, sound bowls mm. with these mallets. She hits them, makes these certain frequencies. Mm. And then there's a guy across the room that guides you with his voice on how to lean into these frequencies. And really it's like a body scan for your whole body. And it's just like, you get to experience your body almost from an outer body experience and i don't know my body just craved this experience every week and i go every tuesday and it's just like an hour of time dedicated to healing within and i don't know something about it has just worked for me so
0: that's awesome
2: so i'm thinking of those like those like metal bowls where they're hitting the side and it it, like you know it shakes the water inside is it similar to i'm obviously it looks like
1: a big salad bowl right right right. and then she kind of hits it from the inside oh yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay
2: okay then yeah i'm imagining the one where they it's almost like a i don't know how to explain it but yeah they like rub it on the inside yeah yeah and it makes the water kind of like vibrate is there water
1: in it? there's no water in it there's no water in it. yeah but maybe there is you're being (laughs) bathed in sound Right. Not, okay. Not so the water, water. is not yeah. included. Yeah. In this. <laughs> okay. But this is a funny story. I was, yeah. <laughs> so I started getting obsessed with these sound baths, and I read about this sound bath nature walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe I'm I'm losing it. But I was like, I'm gonna go for this hike on one of these local islands and like find this nature bath sound bath. And I show up. I'm walking through this forest, and I'm like, where the hell are these baths? And I was like, so I asked somebody. I was like, hey, like, do you know where these baths are? And they're like. Oh no! Like a Japanese sound bath is like when you just are present in nature, and I was mm. like, "Oh for fuck's sake!" <laughs> this is before I knew you what it was. Right. Yeah, I was like, "I oh, went," but, anyways, mm-hmm. um, something I I really would recommend anybody try. Yeah,
0: interesting. There's um an artist that I really like, uh, Janae Aiko. Um, don't know if you've listened to her before, but I she based her most recent album called Cholombo, which is, I think named somewhat after her father, uh, around sound frequencies. And like each song is supposedly like based around a certain frequency and it, it like centers your mind in a certain way. It, your, your body reacts to it a certain way. So like sound therapy is really interesting to me. Like that idea of sound affecting you at a physical level like that. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, but yeah, an ordinary person doing extraordinary things. And that's kind of the theme that came up there too, with with more of what you were talking about. And yeah, one quick question before mm.
2: we get to my couple of questions. Yeah. Um, what's the What's the meal like on on race day? Or <laughs> I mean, or no eating? And what's the diet like Done The carb I'm curious about this personally. <laughs> like, like during the race,
1: what do I eat? I don't think. Are you eating anything during? Yeah. The race? yeah oh yeah, shit. Yeah. Okay. So it's like twelve. You know, eleven, twelve hours. So fuel is like pretty pretty important sure i don't i have no i would
2: just think like i'm just imagining like (laughs) the the people on the side with the the like the water
1: cups (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, (laughs) yeah. maybe
2: some gatorade some protein shakes over there i don't know i mean it's
1: it's not that pleasant but yeah like you know have a normal breakfast before and then maybe you'd have like a a gel like before the swim i i didn't i just have like my big breakfast like those like gatorade gels Yeah, goo gels or Mm -hmm. um, like different, whatever brands there are, whatever. But just kind of get this man of sponsor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, please. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you do that. And then really nothing on the swim. It's hard to eat in the water. Once Mm -hmm. you come out of the water, you pack, like a lot of people do, peanut butter, jam sandwiches, easy, like fast carbs, easy carbs to get Mm -hmm. down, or like avocado or hummus, kind of stuff like that on bread. Like, Mm Nothing too fancy, but like just, higher calorie. Yeah, mm-hmm. high mm-hmm. calories, like just good carbs to to absorb into your stomach. And then on the bike, um, and this is this happened through a lot of experimentation. My brother and I were like, my brother's very calculated. So he was like, you know, doing all the macros. And he was like, we need this amount of protein. This is the CrossFit brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, he did one of the Ironmans with me. Mm. And um, he was like, I think if we bring 12, builder bars you know those cliff bars (laughs) protein bars we'll be good (laughs) (laughs) and i was like okay (laughs) and so my first race we each had 12 builder bars and dude after the first one i couldn't eat any of the other ones and i just they're dense they're so dense you're You're so dry they don't taste good (laughs) throw some quest bars in there (laughs) and there's hilarious pictures because like I just threw my bars. I was like, you know, I'm not carrying this dead weight. Mm. And then my (laughs) brother carried them with him. (laughs) He's got these huge sacks of bars on the back of his bike shirt. And it's just like the most ridiculous thing ever. But over time, um, I've moved towards like a comprehensive drink mix. So Mm. it's got like protein, carbs, electrolytes, salts, um, slow-releasing kind of like amino acids and everything into a drink that's easy to just put down and have two bottles um and then like 90k there's something called a drop bag so on the bike you can get off and get a bag Mm. and eat whatever you want so people do what they crave like donuts or i i always used a a veal sandwich or a chicken sandwich. Buddy. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> for God's sake. Have a donut. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah.
2: well, wow. Chicken sandwich, eh? Chicken
0: sandwich.
1: <laughs> and then after my first race, I went straight to KFC and I mucked a whole bucket of chicken. Nice. I just sat there for 30 minutes just eating chicken.
0: <laughs> the meal of a champion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's
2: strip this back onto the mental health side. (laughs) No (laughs) more feel sandwiches. Do my best not to stumble up. But um, I guess the question I was going to ask was more related to, um, I guess, mental resilience. Mm. And when we think of like athletes, especially athletes as like Ironmen or people that compete in Ironman contests, we think of them as very mentally strong or, you know, people that are able to grind it out and put away their self-doubt. You think mental health is your mental health is overlooked because you're like like, expected to be like yeah the, you're expected that to be someone that can is self motivating you know
1: yeah it's a great question um I think it's it's hard because the type of person I would say that I've known to learn or learned to know and like through this sport thinks that they can do it on their own mm. and I think quickly that can build up over time and realize that there's a lot of pressure that you put on yourself to, to do it on your own. And maybe there's a, a switch in the brain of asking for help is a sign of weakness mm-hmm. or reaching out as a sign of weakness. Um, you know, if I can push through a 12 hour race, why why can't I push through X in my life mm. I don't know the answer to that. I think, to me, I, I think for a long time, I I thought like I could just figure it out on my own. But you know, joining like the Movember group and speaking to other people and sharing, you know, my situation and things that are close to me, like, has really been a positive outlook for processing the unknown of like the answers or trying to know the answers. Mm-hmm. And I think more people should be okay with asking for help mm-hmm. and realize mm-hmm. it's a strength, not a weakness.
0: Do you feel like there's like, um, a needle shifting in the right direction with that kind of thing? Cause I, I feel like it's maybe people with more of a traditional mindset of like, Oh, I can just deal with whatever I'm going through in the athletic world that, that you live in are
1: more people comfortable with reaching out for help when they need help you know for myself i think i think it has been hard to reach out for help mm. um and i don't know why
0: right i was going to say why <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: i don't know why you know some some people find it easy i think there is there's this there's this wall that's around me of you know almost this this facade of making sure that everything looks okay or feels okay um you're the iron man yeah right (laughs) and i think that's that's hard right it's like maybe maybe to you to you or people around me they see me as this iron man but i think that that's that's not who i am Mm -hmm. you know i'm Mm -hmm. connor (laughs) and i'm Mm -hmm. an optimist and i'm you know a creative and i'm so many other things Mm -hmm. but um You know, my my fear, truthfully, is like, who are you without your greatest characteristic trait, Mm -hmm. right? And how do you think about yourself is that? And I think that's a question that is a challenging question, but needs to be faced and something I'm unraveling and and seeking help with, Mm -hmm. you know, not trying to uncover that. Yeah, it's perhaps a a thing that you find the answer to with
0: time. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: It reminds me of what the
2: um I forgot his name. Mm. So I apologize if he if he was watching. <laughs> he was at the Whiskey Turtleneck uh event. <clears throat> and he was one of the guys that said he played for I think he was UBC on the football team. Oh yeah. And um. after he right, and he, after he finished playing, he was having, I guess, trouble finding out who he was mm-hmm. now that he stopped playing. Yeah.
0: You know. Mm. So. Yeah, take away that thing. What are you? Right? Who are you? I guess, yeah. and yeah, it's a like you know who you are, you know. But it's 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 that idea of everybody else knows me for this, mm-hmm. right? So, like, what are you to other people? Because that that's like a reality of existence, right? Like you you are seen by other people in a certain way. People perceive you as something, and people know you as something. If that thing's gone, what else is what else is there? Mm-hmm. and you know what that is but how does that present out this question that you asked Kabir it it makes me think of uh you in a way cabs um but when i look at someone who is clearly athletic like both of you guys look strong you know what i'm saying you're a big guy cabs like like tall you're more athletic and then me it- and and you're a big, strong guy. And when, when I look at people like that who are like obviously fit, there's a piece of me that does think like you can't be weak in any way, right? And, and I think maybe that's just my own attachment to like weakness being represented in like looking for help mentally or struggling mentally or, or just dealing with life, right? It makes me think like you can't be weak. You're always strong. You look strong. You've got to be able to be strong. Do either of you ever feel that way even about yourselves? Like do you, like cabs, you go to the gym so often, mm. right? And it's such a big part of your life. Do you ever feel like if you weren't as strong, you somehow weaker mentally too?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like we've talked about this before where I found a direct relation to basically how often I gym in my mental health. So if I'm missing If I'm missing even like a day more than I should, Mm. I can, I can feel the dip in my mental health. There's self-doubt, less confidence, less wanting to go out and Mm. see my friends and stuff like that. Yeah. No, there's, yeah, no, there's, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, yeah, there's a, there's a big connection. Yeah. And I've found my comfort with it because it helps me, it helps me stay consistent, which I do appreciate, Mm -hmm. but if, like, for example, had a, I, I have reoccurring injuries once in a while, but when that injury does come, there's a lot of doubt. But, Derails you know. so much more than yeah. just the
0: physical aspect of things. For sure. Yeah.
2: It leaks into every aspect of my life. Leaking all over. <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> I'm <over>. soaked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm peeing on my bike. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Total.
0: How about you, have you Like, do you feel like a. I don't know if pressure is the right word or not, but do you feel like you have to maintain that in order to feel strong in other aspects of your life?
1: Um, short answer. Yes. Mm. I think, you know, a healthy body leads to a healthy mind. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, um, to the, to the extreme that, that I do, I think maybe not, mm. But I, I would lie, I'd be lying if I said, I don't think about, or I think about, I always think about this like itch of like, mm. when's the next big challenge mm. or when's the next big like thing I can do, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know if that's healthy, mm. right? It's like, at what point is it going to be enough? Hmm. Mm-hmm. why is it always what's next what's next what's next and i've been thinking about that a lot and you know i'm trying to explore other areas of fulfillment in my life because mm-hmm. i know this isn't going to go on forever right and other areas of fulfillment i found are like writing and i've started writing you know a book just of like whether or not it's it's published like, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of irrelevant to me it's like an internal reflection of all my lived experiences and giving Mm. me clarity of like what I've learned and kind of like setting the stage for the next 10 years of my life, Mm. you know? And then coaching is like something I would love to explore of like passing on my triathlon knowledge to other people. Right. I do that for free because I like seeing other people achieve a triathlon. Mm -hmm. There's so much joy there, but maybe that's something that I could, you know, find fulfillment in down the road. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. What you're saying is making me think I was, I listened to a lot of stuff, but I was listening to another, uh, thing from Shia LaBeouf. Mm. I like Shia LaBeouf. I like the way he talks and I think he's interesting. I think he's done a lot of reflection and growth in his life. And anyways, he was, he was talking about, uh, a similar feeling of finding joy and thinking that you're going to feel joy when you get this next thing, when you do this next thing, when you're with this person. Um, You get the girl, whatever it's going to be. You know what I mean? Like you can do these things and then you're going to find joy. Um, But what he was talking about, and to me, like a lot of what you're saying kind of sounds similar is he realized that it's sharing the stuff that he goes through and deals with and seeing how that improves the lives of other people. That's where he's finding joy. And when you talk about wanting to do coaching, when you talk about writing this book, which is probably going to help people when you're on this podcast, talking about the stuff that you go through and deal with, that's going to be helping people like that to me would be like something that can bring that same level of satisfaction of like, yeah, I am doing the right thing. And that next thing is maybe a piece of you. You know what I mean? Like, like searching for that next thing all the time. But like, maybe that is really the bulk of what you're doing, which is being there for other people. You said that right at the start of the talk.
1: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) this right now is the magic, you know? It's like being present and, you know, Shia LaBeouf, I love that guy. (laughs) Just do it.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Don't (laughs) let your dreams be dreams. Right? Right?
1: (laughs) Which I think there's a lot of power in that too. Mm -hmm. It's like, just do it. Like, whatever you're on the cusp of, just do it. Mm -hmm. Whether you fail or not, like, like, you'll never know. Mm -hmm. The fear of regret is going to outweigh the
0: fear of trying, right? Uh And uh, the words of Bob Ross: the amount of time you spent thinking about painting, you could have finished one already. There <laughs> you, go. So there you saying, go. Yeah, he does say that. Yeah, he says it in the new Lil Yachty album, which I told you to listen to, uh, Cabs. Right. Man, um, I think Cabs, you had another yeah, yeah, question. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: More on the, um, I guess your your mind and the resilience topic. But um, does the does the mental resilience you've kind of gained through through these iron men and, and triath- triathlons you've done Ironmans, mans iron mans <sighs> damn it i got it wrong <laughs> i said it earlier too uh does the mental resilience um does it translate at all to your personal life you know when you're going through issues trials and tribulations yeah
1: um i think you know just the conquering something you never thought you you was possible gives you this feeling of anything is possible And I think that that's a powerful feeling to, you know, take with you in every facet of your life, whether that's showing up for somebody that needs you at the right time, not knowing the words to say, but just being there and trusting that you can say the right thing, you Mm -hmm. know, is possible. Jumping in and and tackling something that you've been wanting to do for a long time, I think is possible. Mm -hmm. right? And yeah, I really, I really... Yeah, you know, like Steve Jobs quote of like mm-hmm. you can't connect the dots looking forward, but you can connect them looking back. Mm-hmm. Like when I was doing these races, I didn't really know my why, but I knew that I'd find purpose in the pursuit of doing it, which I did. And I think it's these moments now that I'm still uncovering the why and the lessons and peeling this like onion if you mm-hmm, will, you mm-hmm. know, of just like layer after layer and it's like not everything is going to give a reason right in the time. But as time goes on, you'll really re- kind of sit in, in that thing that you jumped in on mm-hmm. and, you know, take that with you in your, in your mental attitude towards life. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Self-belief mm-hmm. jumping in mm-hmm. It's like the, the fact I get, like I thought that that was an interesting uh, example you gave just now of like being able to be there for someone not knowing if you're going to say the right thing right i mean so much of what you said today connor is like anchored around being there for other people which mm-hmm. is it's, it's a great way to kind of live you know um but you've done the impossible to me it's the impossible and to you at one point was the impossible of completing an iron man you can do the impossible of being there for somebody you can do the impossible of choosing to Hop continents and move to New Zealand, and and train and do an Ironman over there for the first time, right? Um, yeah, it, it translates in in ways exactly the same that you can you can just just do it, yeah, right? Just be there and be present and yeah, pretty pretty incredible.
1: If I if I was to sum you know that up, that lesson is like it it teaches. If anything I've taught or I've learned is like do the thing that scares you whatever that is, if, if it scares you, that's a good sign that it's worth pursuing, Hmm. worth, worth, you know, doing, because if it was easy, everybody would do it, you Mm -hmm. know? So my, my advice to anybody is dream big and go all in on it. Um, do what, do what scares you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it, if it doesn't scare you, then you're not dreaming big enough.
0: I love it. Mm, i love well it said. well said um i don't want to take away from that at all so i'll let us kind of wrap up around there That's i'll take it. away from that yeah well <laughs> oh, there's one more question <laughs> oh, no, that i know no you need to ask
2: okay okay one last question this is my very favorite s- rapper very no, <laughs> no. No, very serious question mm. why did you quit the role of captain america <laughs>
0: You're a goddamn stud, Connor. You son of a bitch. We were, we We've were, been joking about it the whole time. I think we were joking about it at the whiskey turtleneck. At the guy, whiskey right? turtlenecks. Like, this, this guy. guy I'll like... pull up a picture. This guy shows up in a burgundy, nice maroon suit, turtleneck, looking slick. Uh, <laughs> fuck, man, unbelievable. And then, and then he starts talking, and he says, "Oh, I've done six. Travel. Oh shit! Okay, okay. And oh my god, man. No, I uh easy
1: replacement for Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Yeah. yeah. Chris no. Evans. Yeah. No. If only he could get, you know, one one millionth of his paycheck, that would yeah.
0: be <laughs> You'd be set for as many Ironmans as you ever want to that's do. Right, that's right. Man. Joe's
1: Iron Man, not Captain America. Yeah. Exactly. yeah.
0: <laughs> um Connor, thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for coming in and, and just sharing your perspective on life, dude. It's it's uh you've done incredible things, but I really like what you said at the beginning. You've said it in the middle. You've said it towards the end here, which is you're an ordinary person who's done extraordinary things. And I think that that is the, one of the main lessons I want to take away from this, which is that like nothing really is impossible until you start really doing it. You hear it so many times, but uh, I like that way of saying it, you know, you're an ordinary person who can do extraordinary things and our audience can do the same. And that, that scales, You know, an extraordinary thing Does not have to be an Ironman An extraordinary thing might be for you The difficult conversation that you're afraid Of having this week with a person that really Matters in your life, you know That is extraordinary as well But you can do it You just can Um, So that's how I want to end things here I want to wrap things up there Uh, I hope everybody listening and watching You liked this week's episode I enjoyed the conversation And yeah, if you, if you did, leave a like. Smash that like button. Yeah. <laughs> <Leave> <laughs> That's what gone. I usually say. <laughs> yes, yes. And, uh, of course, make sure you're following or subscribed to the podcast. And we will see you all again next week. Peace.